Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners. It's Navigate with ID. Such an honor and privilege to share with you today. I hope you had an excellent time, a great holiday period where some would have tried to rest, some would have tried to have some form of socials, and more importantly, enjoying the benefits and praying that the benefits and the essence of the season would not be lost on everyone. I pray, Lord, that you all had an encounter, and most of all, that the benefits of Easter will remain and abide with us all and our families. Friends, it's a new day, it's a new season, and it's a new life. What can we say? We're going on the track of looking at the place of persistence in business and life. Recall when I started, I said this was going to come off the heels of a compendium of works that have been put together, literary works and thoughts by different people and different authors all through within the ambits of a book that I read called Kiltless. In the last episode, I talked about Gillian Barbia, where we talked about the different steps to persistence. Today, I'll draw some inspiration from Carl Sheikh, who in his own way had put some things out which I hope will be able to come with what I have on the table, a blend of sorts, and we'll be able to look at this word called persistence. The big word in the season is persistence. I was having a good chat with my boss and director, and we're talking about seasons, how life presents a lot of seasons. Coincidentally, on Good Friday, in my own church, the drama unit had a very awesome skit, a full dose of um, a stage play that was titled Seasons. In the course of it, I had to go through a personal sober reflection. Let me tell you some of those things. It's just sitting and thinking about the fact that this year will mark seven years that Navigate with Ideas has been on this station. To the glory of God, by the time we are hitting August, it will be seven years that we have been on this station. Now I'm talking about this program on this station from the day the station went live and started broadcasting. When you look back at seven years, you begin to ask yourself, how did I come through? How did this happen? There have been times, there have been seasons, friends, I don't know how many of you have been listening for the past seven years. I don't know how many of you have been on this track for whatever time, but you've met either halfway, full way, or just yesterday, you started listening to this program. But I want to make you understand that without the power of persistence, I wouldn't have been able to make it this far. But very thankful that it has been God all the way. Almighty God has granted one the grace to be able to put through I mean, we started Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. The first time, the first four or five years, it was at 11 a.m. I remember that two days in a week of my life would be shut out. Why? I need to make the drive all the way to the station. As you know, Lagos can be very challenging. By the time you go on air and you come off, the day is gone. By the time we return to the office, I mean, year in, year out, week in, week out, month in, month out, that happened for the better part of four years, close to five years. And friends, it wasn't keepstakes. It took persistence. And then we moved the time bell to about 3 p.m., which is a current. I can't tell you and I can't thank God enough for the grace and the courage to be able to go through that we are able to sit in a space where we now have a business school on radio. So how do we bring this into our own personal lives? I just shared mine with you, which came off a reflection and a time of conversation with my director 
who also is my boss. I call him my boss, but he'll remain anonymous. And I'm sure he'll be laughing somewhere in one corner saying, this man. But it's the truth. When things hit you deep, you are able to come through and ask yourself, how did I come this far? But before I go deep into it, I want to make a big shout out to my former boss and good mentor, Mr. Otumba Shenia Detu. You know, like we'd always look back, it marked 60 years or his diamond jubilee yesterday. It was such an awesome time. Awesome time indeed. At the Thanksgiving service at the city of David. Thanks to pastors that, you know, superintended over the service and to everyone that attended. You know, just looking at the life and times of a man that has done well. Again, when you want an example, one of the men that you can say has been persistent in business and life, then you'll give it to Shania Deto. Our paths crossed when I had the privilege to join the Coca-Cola company in 1997. And from that time till this moment, I'll tell you, it has been a great relationship, a great time with a man who's not only was he my boss in marketing, but also become a friend. For 26 years, I've known this man. And what can you say? all but to agree with the team from Algorithm that this is an icon. We salute you, Mr. Detu. That's what we used to call him, Mr. Detu. And he will smile if he ever listens to this. He will just give himself a smile. But today, the title has changed to Atumba, and we respect that. Also respect all that came through, including the KBSE, the Ashua Jews, and the traditional rulers who were there yesterday. Friends, it's good to give honor to whom honor is due. And at this moment and at this juncture, I'm turning around for you to look at yourself and say to yourself, what will be said about you in the course of this journey? And I just started by saying, you never know how time flies. Look at us. It's almost seven years that this program has been running on this station. Now, I'm not going to talk about Navigate with ID in total, but I'll tell you, come the 1st of April of this year, marked 14 years that this program has been on air, on radio. 14 years, friends. How can you explain 14 years of sharing, of learning, and also giving back in a way, and also taking back in a way? It's the power of persistence, friends. Persistence in business and life is not cheap stakes. There is so much to be done. And if I go with what Carl Sheikh says, should you persist? A big question. First, you need to find your alignment. Alignment is so key. A lot of us do not understand the place of alignment. I'm staying in the space of alignment. You are able to listen to this program week in, week out because one has been persistent. Do you think it has been easy? It's not been easy. It's not been cheap sticks. But persistence will only be a sure key to success when you understand the place of alignment. I want you to also understand that despite persistence being such a key ingredient to success, always persisting is not the answer. Persisting with the wrong things can inhibit your success. I want to put a great balance to that. Why do I say so? You wouldn't want to persist doing the things that are bad would you want to persist that way? Maybe you'd like to stop that bad habit or bad behavior. Could it be gambling? Could it be habits that you will not be proud of? Could it be smoking? Now, I'm not in any way judging anyone. But you know that there are certain habits you will not be proud of or the society will frown out. Society will frown at certain things that you think will not be hook up. Whatever they call hookup is modern-day prostitution. But would you want to persist doing those things that are bad? Maybe you'd like to stop that toxic relationship or toxic lifestyle or a toxic work environment. What if you are persisting by pushing on the wrong door? Remember what Albert Einstein said? keeps reminding us that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. So what if you are persisting 
with the status quo, your current status quo and you're persisting in it. Maybe you ought to stop that persistent distraction of additional research that sends you down certain rabbit holes. There are some things that you're currently doing. You're working on a book, yet you are being delayed, yet you are being distracted. Why? Because of analysis paralysis, or even a person. This can come in different ways, friends. What if unfounded fears keeps you persisting with something that's really a distraction from your true journey? I can say some young men are having this unfounded fear of stepping in into a responsibility called marriage. Why? Because they can't just give away their freedom, not with what is going on. Or in some other cases, they tell you, where am I going to find a good wife? Because he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. What if unfounded fear keeps you from moving forward? What is that unfounded fear? Could be your career, could be your current job. Because things are tough, yet you're working in a very toxic environment, a place where your boss does not believe in humanity, a place where the system does not even understand that people work to be paid. But you are left to find your own feet, to be enslaved by the same system that you're looking through. Unfounded fears can really get you off the track and they will make you persist in not doing what you should do. What if you are persisting with an outdated story about yourself that's holding you back? This is one thing that has troubled many. And I dare say there are points of inflection for me that really makes me go back to ask myself salient questions. Which is why I always tell people that I give God the glory for my life. I thank God for all that God has done for me. But I do not dwell on that past. So when people are slapping their palms and their hands and then, you know, giving God the glory, maybe they are clapping because they've heard my profile or listened to it. I get up the stage and I say, friends, that is history. That was yesterday, and it ended last night. What's important is today and the future, and the future is now. I need to write a different kind of chapter and book so that this other one will reduce from so many paragraphs and will be reduced to one paragraph. The exploits of the future will now take their space. But if one is not persisting, in doing new things and making sure that the trajectory is right, you will persist in enjoying an outdated story about yourself. And in no time, you will not be moving forward. What if in your life you need to let go of a story about yourself that is harming you? That men falsely accused you. They said to you that you stole when you didn't steal. What if they had said to you that you did something uncanny to society whereas you were innocent? What if they put a plague of sorts on top of you and you were very innocent and it was not true? What if your colleagues decided to, just like they did to Joseph, to sell you, sell you out for a pot of porridge or for shekels or for some naira, for some gold, for some dollar, whatever it is, that they saw you as the obstacle to their progress because you've forever stopped them from stealing in the company. They then set you up. And in setting you up, they brought out a certain story. And as management will have it, management wanted to stay with the facts. Even though the head chief of your organization believes so much in you as a man or woman of integrity, but because of the facts, supposed facts, which are distorted, that you have been framed, he has but no choice to live with those facts which are distorted and not really truth. What if you need to let go of that story about yourself that is harming you? Or what if you could reevaluate that old story? What if you are persisting without patience? Some people just persist without patience. And what do they do? 
they tend to drive themselves away from the mark without realizing it. In business, you can't afford to be impatient. You will make mistakes. The more you persist in impatience, not having the temerity to hold back and to listen, the more mistakes you will make. Could that be self-sabotage? It's for you to determine. Even in your relationship, even in marriage, there are so many marriages today that have gone down the drain because none of the partners could wear that garb of patience. They only persisted without patience. And with that, they are split today. The children are nowhere to be found in the space of values. The victims of such always come out scattered. And some of them will carry those cars for a long time. And those cars become stories which they will live by and they will never be able to convert those stories into limelights. Rather, they become unfounded fears. So a girl who has watched her mother being battered by her father, totally battered to the point where the mother had become nothing but just an item in the house, would grow up with that back-end story, and it would become an unfounded fear. And then you wonder why she would not want to get married. You wonder why she stays away from men, because of the story of the past. Can we continue to persist with the status quo, friends? The big question is, is persistence always good for you? Remember, this is just about putting a balance. And I'm grateful to Carl Sheikh for bringing this out very succinctly because you need to find your alignment. That's where I started from. You need to find that alignment. If you don't find that alignment, you could tilt to the wrong side because of the vicissitudes of life that can come upon you in your business, that can also come upon you in the course of life. While discussing with my director, we talked about seasons. And truly, there are seasons in life. There's a season when you'll be totally unknown. There's a season that you'll be anonymous. There's a season that will be so known and fruitful, everybody talking about you. And there comes a time when the seasons will come, when you can be almost regarded as a dejected of the society. Look at many politicians who have passed through several seasons. Some notable, some with honor. Some with dishonor, very many types, very many accolades. Some has been shrouded in accolades, but men refuse to learn. What is that singular ingredient that you need to help you through? Perseverance. I always say to people, friends, that the waiting room is the most difficult space to be. From the time of fulfillment, backtracking to the point at which there's a knowing, the waiting room can be very serious. Are you going to talk to a woman who has just conceived? Conception has taken place, as she knows, and there, there's an estimated time of birth give or take nine months, plus or minus. And she has to go through the process of antenatal checks. And at some point, something will begin to tell you in that season or in that trimester, this is a trimester where you can't afford to do anything carelessly. But at the beginning too, it's a trimester you cannot afford to take things for granted. So when you look at life itself, it presents these seasons to us, friends. And so when you're going through what you're going through, 
you must understand that wearing that cloak of persistence is very important that you get aligned. If you're not aligned, you most likely will waste the opportunity and the essence of that season of your life, whether in business or in life. Life here encapsulates you, encapsulates your family, encapsulates your career, encapsulates your community. Community here could be where you live. Community here could also mean your professional or vocational space. They are all seasons. As professionals, if you want to talk about membership, there's a season you are an associate. There'll be a season they'll call you a full member. There comes a season where you'll be a fellow. And after that, you'll become a distinguished fellow. They are all different seasons. Many people yearn to grow. Yes, it's good to have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But there's also a place for sense. I use the word sense more than putting common sense because it is not common. So what if you have persistence for its own sake? What if you have blind persistence? That is what we call the cult following. Those that are really into the deeper sense of their beliefs that have become a conviction. When you find people that are in the cult, some of them are willing to go all the way because they've sworn over something or nothing that this is what they need to do. It's an oath. And they know that if they bypass that, it's punishable. There's a consequence for it. And so as members of that cult, they protect themselves. They do all manner of stuff. But is that persistence, blind persistence, is it okay to have it? What if you have persistence for its own sake? Or is that just stubbornness? There are some people that are very stubborn and they say they are persistent. Can stubbornness and persistence be put together? Very interesting. It will be interesting for you to look at the varied forms and the synonyms of the word persistence. Friends, the key takeaway here is that persistence is indeed a key ingredient to success. But without alignment with your own deep-rooted belief system or with your soul's desires, your persistence may be leading you astray. Alignment is critical. Let me bring this into the context that if Almighty God has given to you the will to do X, Y, Z, man has his own will. But if your will is not in alignment with God's own, you are on your own, you are just following your own track. There's a way that will always seem right to a man. The end can be death. So alignment is very key. Regardless of what you say, you must be aligned. How are you aligned? You must be aligned with your deep-rooted belief system. Your faith will stand strong that you know what you're doing. And it starts from a place of knowledge. Your knowledge will drive a perspective. And your perspective will give you that conviction. That you know you are a strong businessman is not enough. But you must have a perspective that puts you in a space that this particular line of business would not fail simply because you know what your rooted belief system says. But if there is misalignment, your persistence could lead you astray. That's why we say that alignment is very critical. So how do you know if you are aligned or not? And how do you know if you should persist or not? It's very simple, friends, but also very difficult. Whenever you find yourself wondering whether you should persist, just note that, the, that it's a way more than a simple question. 
It's a trigger. And the start of that journey to a greater self-discovery goes towards that alignment. And you would start looking at yourself in a different way. Many of us take some things for granted. And the things we take for granted are the things that ultimately now consume us. Because we believe either we've been there before or we know the nooks and crannies of it. I pray that God will help us in this country. Because when you look at the story of Nigeria, the tendency is for us to dismissively say that we are persistently doing the wrong things. But we always just say it will get better. We are a strong people of faith, strong belief that it will get better. The level of hope in this country is enough to feel a balloon of helium with helium. As much as helium is required to lift, I'm telling you, the hope in this space that people have, they will feel a balloon and it will float. But one thing that we must be clear is really sitting on Einstein's place. That insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. I'm sure that's what you'll see about us as a country and as a people. And so when we come back on the second half, friends, we'll be asking ourselves the questions. Should you persist? What are your expectations? And how can we sit in that place of alignment following the lead of Carl Shake? Don't go away, friends. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. It's Navigate with ID. It's such an honor and privilege to have you back on the second half. And if you're just joining us, we're looking at the place of persistence in business and life. And friends, what a first half. We were asking ourselves so many questions and um, built this around Carl Shake's um, very clear um, perspective on the need to find alignment, which I fully and totally endorse and also speak to. And part of that took us on a journey to ask varied questions around the central piece, if persistence is always good for you. And we talked about this in different shades. And I hope in the course of uh, having to, you know, refer to the past, we would be able to highlight some of those. But just for brevity, I will definitely just say questions centered around what if you are persisting by pushing on the wrong door? What if you are persisting with the status quo? What if unfounded fear keeps you persisting with something that's really a distraction from your true journey? And what if unfounded fear keeps you from moving forward? These are real ticket items that, you know, impound us whether we like it or not. Sometimes it might come in terms of triggers and stories. And those outdated stories about ourselves make us flee into a space of fear and we don't get to move. But some tend to persist in that same space of not doing anything and yet they expect some results to change. And we did ask ourselves, what if you are persisting without patience? This is a critical factor in life, especially in relationships. And all of that took us to the point where we agreed that a key ingredient to success is persistence. But without alignment, with one's deep-rooted belief system, or with one's soul's desires, one's persistence may be leading one astray. That alignment is very critical. And in getting that alignment, it's important that one goes on a journey to greater self-discovery. And what does this entail? I did talk about asking the big question, what are your expectations and should you persist? If things are working out as you expected and your journey is progressing well, it is unlikely that you'll find yourself asking, should I persist? On the contrary, if you're wondering whether you should persist or not, then by definition, Something you were expecting to happen isn't quite working as out as you expected. 
the question of should I persist is really a sign, an opportunity that opens the door to wonder which expectations are not being met and thereby enables the discovery of a deeper alignment. You know, if we just take a very simple example, very simple example, imagine for a second that you're taking a drive on a Sunday evening and um, this drive is just with no particular place to be, you know, um, you're just taking a drive and just trying to enjoy the Sunday evening breeze, early evening. And of course, knowing that if you are in a city like Lagos, uh, the tendency is that you may find some traffic, but let's assume it's a, a full public holiday. Um, finding the traffic slows down into a traffic jam doesn't trigger any question. Should I persist? Because your expectations have been challenged or haven't been challenged. Relatively, you know that the reason for setting out is because you know that and expect that there shouldn't be any traffic at all. But alas, you then find traffic. What happens? You know that there's an expectation that you'll arrive at whatever destination you're looking at at a particular time. And because also you don't believe you'll be late. So if you get hit by a certain traffic jam, that automatically puts that arrival time into jeopardy or even takes away all the Mickey from just having to take a drive, assuming we are going for a leisure drive or assuming you were going for a meeting or going to see friends or going on the social call. You are more inclined to wonder, should I persist or should I find an alternative route? The traffic situation in Lagos makes a lot of people ask questions, even if they're going for a function. Should I persist? Or should I take an alternative route? Or should I explore other avenues? Should I persist as a question is always a trigger. Why? It triggers an understanding of your expectation and whether things are working in line with those expectations. Persisting with being in a traffic jam only became an issue when you had particular expectations that were put into jeopardy by the same traffic jam. But you know, if you walk on a certain or in a certain part of the city and you know for a fact that you'll be faced with traffic on your return home or from home to the office, there's something that happens. You will have to design a method that will allow you beat that seeming jeopardy that traffic will cause, either to your health or to your person or your psyche. Now, when you ask the question, should I continue and persist in this, it's always a trigger. What are your expectations? When you are able to align yourself with your belief system in those expectations, then you can come with solutions that will help you. So, for example, you know fully well that if you leave home at a certain time of the day in the morning, setting out for the office, at the minimum, you will do 90 minutes to two hours. But if you leave 30 minutes earlier, the chances are you could reduce that by half. So what would that mean to you? Should you persist in leaving the status quo or you're going to have to shift gears and say to yourself, I need to do something different? When you are dealing with far more meaningful life, career, leadership, or business decisions than a traffic jam, the answer to a what question like, what are your expectations, will be different. That question rarely gets deep enough to answer something meaningful, like, should I persist? Rather, it is better to rely on a deeper why question, like, why do you expect that? So if you're talking about career, if we're talking about business, if we're talking about leadership, it switches into a why. Why do you expect that? Why do I expect that? 
That is not enough. And you need to ask, and why do you expect that to happen? For each proceeding answer, you will have to do some things differently. If you still feel you haven't gotten deep enough, then you'll ask yourself, why does that matter? In very many cases, people always use the words, because I believe. You see the belief system coming through again. Because when you don't believe, you can't behave. And when you don't behave, you can't become. That's a fact. So your belief system automatically serves as a trigger that allows you to put in a certain behavioral pattern or solution for you to become what you expect. Very many times, people, especially in our client, they tend to go late because their belief system has been shrouded in lateness, unconsciously. Fix a meeting, top of the hour, say 10 o'clock. You'll have people come in at 10.30, 10.45, apologizing. Sorry, was the traffic. Sorry, I got held up in traffic. Sorry, it was this. Sorry, it was that. In like manner, you have quite a number that will come in before that time. Five minutes to, on the dot, the tendency in today's Nigeria, you'll have a 50-50 balance. 50% of the people will come just before time, while another 50 will come after the time. But those that will come after the time will give almost the same kind of excuse. But they know that when you apologetically say, I am sorry, people forgive you, but watch them closely. They will always come late. You know why? Because of the belief system. What is ringing in their heads? I believe arriving at meetings late is a sign of tardiness, being unprepared, being disrespectful. That's what I believe. But they believe that coming to a meeting is normal. Coming to a meeting late is normal. After all, everybody knows that the traffic situation in Lagos is very bad. But everybody does not understand why you must come late. So it's an assumption. So when you get deep enough and find yourself saying, I believe, that's where you have started to expose your mental model. And that's where we are going to shift this conversation from expectations. We are going to look at mental models. Simply put, or I should ask, what are your mental models? Mental models form the basis of your expectations. Mental models are how you simplify and make sense of the world, often without realizing you are doing it. I got very entangled with these two words when I had my time at the Coca-Cola company. I'll be honest with you, Coke taught me a lot of things. These two words were very strong at Coca-Cola, mental models. Because there was always a shift. That was one business and one time, one season of my life that you had to just, whatever you think, you need to think the opposite. You can't work in a company like Coke and you'll be straight-jacketed, thinking one way. You'll be frustrated because the system is meant to reactivate. The system itself makes you think the opposite. You are challenged to think the opposite. You are not allowed. You won't even be able to survive because there will be sparks in the room. You get into a room and folks are coming out with ideas. Folks are taking a, a direction where if you do not think otherwise, you will be smoked out. Mental models represent underlying beliefs that dictate why you expect what you expect to happen. Mental models are your deep beliefs about how the world works and how things ought to be. If you look at the mental model in Lagos of the drivers in Lagos, start from the commercial vehicles, you can tell what their mental models are. They're absolutely wacko. These guys go against the grind and they're encouraged by their grandfathers and their fathers. Who are those? The union. They believe that they can get away with anything. There's nothing you can do. And they will look at you and tell you to your faces that law enforcement uh, in Bamelo, 
from the last man to the policeman, they all have them in their pockets. Just go to a place like Agege where you have chaotic disorder in order. Or you go all the way to Ajao, just pockets where you have Maltu, where you have all manner of folks come through. Just stand from a vantage position and watch. You will see that from the Maja Maja to the last man guy to the policeman or woman, they are already part of that system. They are sitting there pretty. The guys are doing what they want to do, and there's no enforcement. Their mental model is where it is. They are deep in that belief and that world that things ought to be just like this. There is nothing like change. It can't change. Why? Because mental models simplify complex things so your brain can reason through them. But these guys have moved from mental models to mental traps, mind traps. Mental models are based on a small set of your fundamental assumptions that enable simplification. They are shortcuts through the noise. Everybody wants a shortcut. And because mental models are so basic to understanding your world, people are hardly conscious of them. That's why you just find any keke guy. He doesn't even care. He just bumps into the road because he believes that road safety is his family name. As long as you hit him or her, the keke na pep driver, once you scratch the, his uh, keke, he comes out and bangs your car. In the space of five minutes, you'll have all his brothers rally around and they'll want to almost put in a mob action. So they are living in this cocoon and in this world. Their mental model is that I am safe. As long as I ride this yellow thing on the road, I can do anything and nobody can challenge me. Do you see why we have a problem in our society? Persistence has come through on the wrong footing simply because of mental models. Using this to amplify the need for us to stay in a place of alignment and understanding what the expectations are of the different classes of people. Sometimes you would look at the mental models of pedestrians. Why is it so basic? Mental models are so basic to understanding your world. People are hardly conscious of them. You use them to make good decisions without needing to know everything about a situation. Do you know that mental models really dictate even when you cross the road without knowing the exact speed of the vehicles and the exact distance? Go to any major highway in Lagos. You'll find pedestrians crossing the highway right under the pedestrian bridges. Mental model. And we persist in it. You see how you can persist in a wrong. And none of them, none of those crossing, see you in your vehicle as the one that has the right of way. They actually tell you that you are very wicked. They curse you. They step in and they throw all manner of things, kick at your car for not stopping. Yet the government, yet the society, Via the taxpayers' money, uh, built many pedestrian bridges across the states. And what you find, you can barely see one person cross that bridge, but you have a multitude crossing. Very many years ago, I had the privilege then to visit Seoul, South Korea, when they hosted the World Cup. It was a joint host between Japan and Korea. At that time, I was still at the Coca-Cola company. And we went for the World Cup. We got to the city called Seoul. Right in front of our hotel where we stayed, came out of the place. And the entire city was so clean. You didn't find people on the streets crossing the road. And we kept wondering. So each time we'll come out, I'll say, where is everybody? 
and they'll tell me everybody was underground. But you know, at every strategic point, whether it's a junction or whatever, you will have an underground where people will go under. So you will have to go down and then cross over. So one beautiful day, we decided to go on an expedition. Then we went underground just not to cross. And then we found the entire rail system was underground. Little wonder why you never found or saw people on the streets. It was like a market. So imagine someone coming from there and coming into a place like Lagos and Oshodi and seeing the sea of heads and people crossing the express. They will have a feat. The interesting thing is that we have a lot of our leaders and a lot of us travel. We see what happens in some of these countries. And when we are building our supposed new cities and creating new frameworks, nobody ever thinks otherwise of copying something. But even if you copy, if you've not worked on the mental models of the people, it will be a wasted investment. I think the government should stop building pedestrian bridges above, but they should go beneath and begin to force people. Since they don't want to go up, they are scared of heights. Take them down. Build these things under and let people cross to the other side by just stepping down. I mean, you see that happen in London. London Underground, is it's been there for ages. Go to South Korea, been to different countries, you'll find them taking you down. You go to Paris, same thing. Why can't we do the same? But you know what? You cannot fix it until you fix the mental model of the people. That's a major problem we have in our country. People are meant to use mental models positively. You even use them to cross the road without knowing the exact speed of the vehicles and the exact distance. That's a story of Nigeria, they time it. You use mental models without being aware you are using them to underpin your expectations based on how you think. Underline the word think, the world works. The world doesn't work that way. A good way to articulate your mental model is to fill in the blanks at every point in time. When you say, I believe, you must believe that something leads to something. So let's switch this a bit because I want to really drill down on this mental model thing. And I'm grateful yet again for the contributions that I've gotten from Carl Sheikh on this. Let's imagine you are a baby. You are hungry. You cry, right? Your parents notice you haven't been fed in a while. You get fed. You feel good. You no longer need to cry. Next time you're hungry, you cry. You get fed. You're no longer hungry again. Through repetition and a repetitive context, you learn that crying results in being fed, even though you are oblivious to your mental models and the associated expectations. But hey, crying gets you fed, and it works. But if this was a baby in a neglectful orphanage, the baby may develop an entirely different mental model. Have you ever been to an orphanage where the staffers are far less than the number of babies? You'll find a lot of babies who cry, would pull, and before the nurse gets a chance to get to that particular baby, the baby, the, the diapers would have been wet. Friends, I've been there, I've seen it, I've experienced it times without number. That baby, babies that will not, would have been crying and crying and exhausted the word cry, will have to develop a different model because the crying is not bringing attention. But I must tell you that mental models evolve. So now that you're an adult, you no longer need to wail. You can help yourself when it's, you know, it's time to do the do. So mental models evolve through outside intervention. Imagine that over a series of weeks and perhaps months, you find yourself eating, eating some more, and eating and eating. You are constantly hungry. Food is not satiating that desire. 
and surprisingly, you are not even gaining weight. On the contrary, you are losing weight almost as fast as you are eating. Should you persist? Well, your expectations are not being met, and that's a signal to look deeper. What is that deeper? It's a visit to the doctor's office, and a battery of tests will be done. And later, you found out that your thyroid is hyperactive. So you just found yourself eating, 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 and eating more. You're not gaining weight. Rather, you're losing the weight as almost as fast as you're eating. Then calls for a deeper look, a deeper reflection, a deeper care. Check in with your doctor. They run the test and they find that the thyroid is hyperactive. Then the doctor informs you that your metabolism is extremely high. You are burning more food that is healthy for you. Of course, they'll prescribe some medication. And the doctor will say that they'll need to keep a close eye on your thyroid in the coming weeks and months. Your doctor helped you evolve to a new mental model. Simply because of what? Based on the data from your test results. And you now have a revised set of expectations in this new situation. What does this tell you? Persisting without going deeper could have been very dangerous. Time out. What exactly are you finding happening that is unusual in your business, in your life, in your career, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your work? Have you continued to persist without even checking or going deeper? Some mental models also evolve for societies. Friends, there is so much to talk about this subject, and we'll be back on Thursday when we look at extracting the mental model examples, looking at the evolution of it, and more importantly, asking ourselves, how do we get to the point of alignment? These are the things you look out for the next edition, by the grace of God. Thank you so much for listening. But if you have a question, please send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. And for us to continue this conversation, you can follow me on any of my social media platforms. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Remember that persistence is critical, but you need alignment in order to succeed. See you sometime. See you soon. God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.